Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. And tonight, on page 268 of the Devi Gita, we're going to do the pranam. And pranam means, na means I bow. And pra before. And the you is understood. So pranam means I bow before you. <laughs> and ye, generally, when I bow before you, I take all the energy of my conscious awareness and I put it together, all the energy of my conscious awareness from my heart, I bow to the divinity which you represent to me. I bow to you. I bow before you. <laughs> Pranam. Namaste. So we are calling out all of her names. And it says, the reliever of difficulties, the exposer of goodness, the cause of peace, infinite consciousness, beloved by the knowers of consciousness, she who motivates and guides the three worlds. Always I bow to her, and I am bowing to goodness herself. She is welfare, radiant beauty, completely pure, without limitations, the ultimate limitation, the Lord of the universe, the mother of the universe to you, Chandi. And that means to the energy which tears apart thought. I bow in submission. And that means many things. I submit my bowing. Uh, here's a submission of bowing. Or I submit myself. I make atma samarpan. I offer my own soul in equilibrium. And I, I'm bowing to you in submission. I have no will of my own. You, Divine Mother, are the will of all wills. She is composed of all the gods. And she removes all sickness and fear. Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshwar. Brahma, Maheshwar, and Vishnu bow down to her. And me too. <laughs> I always bow down to the energy of infinite goodness. I bow down with my every thought, with every word, with every deed. All that I do is a submission to her. It's in submission to her will. It is her design. Shakali tumar icha. Icha moi. It's all your desire. And so I'm just trying to get out of the way so I can assist you in any way I possibly can to fulfill your desire. Uh, and so if it's good enough for Brahma, it's good enough for Vishnu, it's good enough for Shiva, well, I too always bow down to her. The dwelling place of knowledge, residing in knowledge, resident in the place of divine illumination, the cause of union, the knower of union to the energy which tears apart thought, we constantly bow. I don't want to think about this. I just want to feel your presence in my life, and I only want to think about the most efficient manner of execution. You are the motivation for my action. You are the inspiration, you are the luxury, you are the goal. I'm trying to do the best I possibly can for you. So, therefore, I don't have to think about why to do it. I just have to think about the best way to get it done. So I can move on to the next task and serve you efficiently. I don't want to just wipe the front of the counter. I want to move all the stuff from the back of the counter and clean deeply. That would very much please her. Thank you, deep cleaners. 
the mother of the supreme consciousness, the goddess who is the supreme consciousness. Remember, she is both Shiva and Shiva. She is both Artha and Narishwara, half male and half female. We always bow to Durga, who takes away the Durgam, the reliever of difficulties, who takes aspirants across the difficult sea of objects and their relationships. And that is the pranam. Hello, please, I'm such a nice boy. Yeah, it's not fair. Well, I wanted to share with you, uh, and I don't think he wants to be shared with. Why are you not doing that? Okay. Well, do you have a book? What book is that? David Gita, I don't want that book. I wanted another book. Right. What do you like to uh, Give me a cosmic puja, a Hanuman puja. Yes. I haven't had that before my iPad went on strike. <laughs> do you want my iPad? No, I want the text. I want to read for you the closing prayer. Yeah. Because that says it so nicely as well. Hello. He won't even reset. Thank you. Well, this will work fine for us. It says, Shantakaram, Bujagashayanam. It says, the cause of peace, lying on a snake, that means he makes a bed of all the energy. Kundalini is a cushion for him. From whose navel spring forth the lotus, that's Brahma, sits in the lotus from Vishnu's navel. Lord of the gods, who supports the universe, appearing as the sky, who is dark as a cloud with a beautiful body. The Lord of Lakshmi with lotus eyes is realized by yogis in meditation. We offer the highest respect to Vishnu, who removes the fear of existence and is master of all the worlds. You alone are mother and father. You alone are friend and relative. You alone are knowledge and wealth. O oh, our God of gods, you alone are everything. Funny how great philosophers seldom disagree. <laughs> Body, speech, mind, the five organs of knowledge and the five senses, and the intellect. These nine are the natural condition of human existence. In their highest evolution, we move beyond them all. As far as these senses and the mind and the manbuddhi, ahamkarchitta, as far as they can evolve, we move beyond them all as we surrender completely to the Supreme Consciousness. We go way beyond the body, way beyond the senses, way beyond the mind, way beyond the, the, the buddhi, chitta, ahamkar, and we move beyond them all and surrender to the Supreme Consciousness. Om, we are of sin, confusion, and duality. Our actions are of duality. This entire existence is of duality. How can you have more than one without having duality? <laughs> If it's more than one, there is duality. O oh, Savior and Protector, O oh, Great Consciousness, take away all sin, confusion, and duality. Make us all into Adityananda, the bliss of non-duality. He's Adaitya. Everything else is Daitya. Oh, we know nothing of mantras, believe me. 
We do not perform good conduct. We have no devotion, O Supreme Goddess. But, O Goddess, please accept the worship that we offer. You alone are the perceivable divinity. You alone are the perceivable supreme divinity. You alone are the perceivable supreme divinity, so shall we declare. We shall speak the nectar of immortality. We shall speak truth. May this body be your instrument. May this mouth be your instrument. May the divine always be with us. May it be thus. Eva must do. May it be thus. Oh, may the Lord protect us. May the Lord grant us enjoyment of all actions. Whether we like them or not, we're going to get it. We might as well enjoy it, as long as we're going to get it anyway. You're going to enjoy the fruits of your karma, whether you like it or not. May we be granted strength to work together. Thank goodness. What, a, what we cannot accomplish when we work together. May our studies be thorough and faithful. May all disagreements cease. Om. Asatoma Sadgamaya, from untruth lead us to truth. From darkness lead us to light. From death lead us to immortality. We want to become one with the consciousness of infinite goodness. Oh, may all be blessed with the highest realization, including me. May all be blessed with peace, including all of us. May all be blessed with perfection. May all be blessed with welfare. May all be blessed with comfort and happiness. May all be free from misery, please. Hey, it's a good prayer. Om Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu. Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu. Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu, Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu, Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina, Sarve Shantu Niramaya, Sarve Padrani Pashyantu, Makaschiduk Bhagavit. May all be blessed with the highest realization. May all be blessed with peace. May all be blessed with perfection. May all be blessed with welfare. May all be blessed with comfort and happiness. May all be free from misery. May all perceive auspiciousness. May all be free from infirmities. And we're part of the all. So if we send blessings to all, and we're part of the all, we get blessings ourselves. That's how it works. If you share your blessings with all, and we're part of the all, then we're blessing each other all the time. Always, in all ways. The guru is Brahma. The Guru is Vishnu. The Guru is the Lord Maheshwara. And that means that she, our example, is Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshwara. And that means Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshwara has come to us in the form of the Guru, she. The Guru is actually the Supreme Divinity. And therefore, Tashmi, Sri Gurave Namaha. We are bowing, we bow down to the Guru. She is the example that we wish to emulate, to inculcate in our daily activity, in our daily rhythm of life. You see her chando, you see her bhavana, you see her rhythm, you see her activities, you see her selflessness. She just gets up in the middle of the meal to prepare a meal for someone else. She just gets up and stops saying what she's doing to serve others. We see it every day. And we like to inculcate that example in our own being. Om the Supreme Divinity makes the offering. 
the supreme divinity is the offering offered by the supreme divinity in the fire of the supreme divinity by seeing the supreme divinity in all actions one realizes that supreme divinity om that is whole and perfect this is whole and perfect from the whole and perfect the whole and perfect becomes manifest if the whole and perfect issue forth from the whole and perfect, even still, only the whole and perfect will remain. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace, peace. In the gross body, in the subtle body, in the causal body, in the three worlds, Bur, Uachwa. In every way may we experience peace, peace, peace. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste. Let's see if there are any questions. Yes, Swamiji, about yesterday's chapter, yes, you uh, took a couple of verses and you uh, gave the mantras corresponding to those verses. On the Kama Yoni, Kama Yes. So, is it something that uh, can be done for any verse, or is it only those specific verses that we could? There do? are several verses and several scriptures that are written in code. Not every verse. <laughs> But some verses are written as a code that can be used to inspire and motivate disciples to find for themselves the intrinsic meanings of what are these verses trying to tell us. And so there are some verses and there are some whole scriptures and there are specific codes that demonstrate or elucidate uh, the, the meanings of certain mantras or break down into certain mantras like we read in the Devi Atharbashish. So it's not every mantra can be deciphered in that way. However, if you've read the Swami Niganthu, sorry, it's a dictionary of Bij mantras. And every letter of Sanskrit can be broken down into its intrinsic vibration. And if you wanted to spend the time and spend the understanding and give up your mind to such a study, you could decipher every letter of every word in every mantra. Just as we say, now that means that the letter H is the gross body, the letter R is the subtle body, the letter E is the causal body, Anuswar is perfection, the name of the word Maya is the combination of the vibrations of what can be perceived through the senses, conceived in your mind, known through intuition or meditation and beyond. When all of that comes into perfection, you know what is maya. You can decipher every word of Sanskrit with such detail. However, there are only specific mantras which will tell you the meaning of a mantra. A one particular mantra, Kamayoni, Kamalapadra, Panir. These are mantras that decipher a, they boil down to the Bij mantra. And to give you a little more food for thought, the Lolita Trishati, Trishati means what, 300. 300 names of the goddess. And there are 20 names that begin with Ka, and 20 names which begin with A, and 20 names which begin with E, and 20 names which begin with La, and 20 names which begin with Ring, Ka-E-I-La-Ring. Then there are 15 letters 
in the Khadi Mantra, there are 20 names in order that begin with the 15 letters. 20 times 15 is? Whoa! And there we have three Shakti. Lolita three Shakti is 300 names which spell out the Khadi Vidya in the same code as Kamayonin, Kamalabhadrapanin. In the same way, we have many correspondences of the codes. I promise you, this is sort of in the realm of advanced Sanskrit practices, and you won't want to enter into that realm until you've done the beginner's courses. So once we get the vocabulary, and once we get the use of the dictionary, and once we get the understanding of the beads mantras, and once we get a little more understanding of the grammar so that we can dissect the sandhis and understand which word ends where, which word begins where, and how are they connected, the sum of the parts is greater than the two individuals. Because of their relationship to each other, they modify each other. And that's how Sandhi works. You take this Swami Satyananda as an independent sadhu wandering around north of India with a, a begging bowl and put him into close proximity with a beautiful goddess like Srima and he became enhanced because of the juxtaposition. And they started talking about Ma and Swami. And my and Swami was a lot greater than Swami on his own. <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure. Of this, there is no doubt. <laughs> in the same way, you put the words together in Sunday, and they modify each other, and they enhance each other, and they make it greater and greater, greater sum than the sum of the parts. The total is greater than the sum of the parts. Well, in the same way, there are many specific mantras that are written as a code, and they're almost like a koan, a Zen koan, where you're stretching the limitations of your imagination and trying to decipher, what is the guru telling me? Is that the only way it can be uh, interpreted? The only way it can be interpreted. No, 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 absolutely not. You can interpret that mantra in various ways. Uh, let me see. Yes, he will open for me. Thank you very kindly. Which uh, page? She's talking about the, the mantra Kamayoni. Uh, and it, it's very possible that you can... Uh, I am looking for, and I'm on page 258 of the Devi Gita at verse 14. And you could say the desire in the womb of the creation created by the lotus Lakshmi with a thunderbolt in her hand uh, is to go to the cave with the letters Hassa and the emancipated Lord of Wind. The You can try to make an, an intelligent statement out of that. You can put that into some grammatical configuration where it makes some sense to you. And actually they did uh, in the Nitya Shorasharanikarnava. Uh, they, they gave another interpretation. And I put that down just as a, 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 an effort to try to make sense to other people who don't understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they can try to make it into a, a philosophical statement. They can try and make it, and that doesn't mean anything either, particularly. You know, it's just a bunch of run-on sentences connected together, a bunch of phrases connected together with, uh, with uh, uh, conjunctions. A little grammar here and there. But it, it doesn't, it's not really a philosophical statement. It's not a coherent sentence. So it, there are many, as many as there are individuals, so many are the interpretations of how, what does this mean? I gave you my interpretation, and I learned my interpretation through study and reflection, contemplation and meditation, and I got a kick in the pants from my guru as well. Uh, and he said, meditate some more. <laughs> Until you understand what it's saying to you, 
Continue your practice. Don't give it up. Don't accept anyone else's explanation. You must find your own explanation for it to be relevant to you. So I only shared with you my understanding. And please, go find your own understanding. If your understanding comes into harmony with my understanding, then we'll understand together. And if it does not, that's fine too. You'll understand what you understand and we'll grow this according to the capacity of the sadhus. Oh, there are specific mantras which are written in these kinds of codes which communicate this, this kind of knowledge. There, it's not every mantra. Yes, please. Which mantra is more powerful? So, I mean, the 15-letter mantra or the Navarna mantra? Oh, they're all very, very powerful. Don't try to put me in the, in the position of judging between Lolita and Chandi. This is not my concern. This is, I, you know, the most powerful mantra is Om. And after Om comes Reem. And after Reem... Take your choice. <laughs> Om Namah Shivaya. And we work our way up from the five-lettered mantra to the six-lettered mantra to the nine-lettered mantra to the eleven-lettered mantra to the twelve-lettered mantra to the fifteen. All mantras benefit according to your faith. <laughs> wow. All mantras have benefit according to your faith. So my mantra is the best mantra in the world. <laughs> Anyone I choose to say is the best mantra I choose to say. And that's why I'm saying it. You're absolutely right, Srima. Thank you for saving me. Are there other questions, please? Yes, please. I have a question related to this topic. Is it possible that someone would reduce the words to different Bija mantras? Like for uh, verse 20, the Navarna mantra code, the sun is reduced to the letter Ma. I mean, is that always, would someone always associate the sun with Ma? Yes, they would, yeah. Uh, it, it also has other beach mantras, but Ma is a, an, a, an appropriate uh, beach mantra of Surya. Yes, please. In first, um, trying to study Sanskrit and go through the verses and trying to break apart the words. Yes. We, but we don't know a lot of the vocabulary. Yet. Yes. So what tips do you have for trying to work with that? I would send you to a dictionary. Uh, the biggest of them is the Monwer Williams collection. And those are the fat ones that they sell by the kilo. And you go ahead and look up as many words as you can. Or try to look at the text that I'm, I've put forward. Most of the mantras that I translated tried as much as possible to follow the word order of the Sanskrit, wherever it was possible to do. And try to find a correspondence between the word in the, in the Sanskrit and the word in the English. Uh, so if you look at verse number 22, it starts with Namami Twam. And it says in English, I bow down to you. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> Namami Twam. That's the first two words. Mahadevi, the great goddess. Whoa. <laughs> I bow down to you, the great goddess. Mahaboy Abhinashini, the great destroyer of all fear. Mahaboy. That's great fear. Vinashini, she destroys all the great fears. Hey, I could learn Sanskrit just by reading Swami's work. You see what I'm doing. Mahadurga <laughs> Prashamani, mm. the great reliever of difficulties. Where did I hear that one before? Ah, the form of the great beast, uh, bestower of compassion. Maha Karunya Rupini. She is the Rupa. The form, yes, yes, you're absolutely right, Ma. The great form, the form of the great bestower of compassion, Karuna. How much did you just learn in that one verse? And also, Maharaj, if we try to learn one verse, you know, after that you feel that you know next one. <laughs> it's true. As soon as you learn one verse and you get a little bit of vocabulary, you expand your capacity to learn the next one. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Do you know, I used, to, I used to sit in a tea stall to learn Hindi or Bengali. I, in fact, I, I learned a lot of languages just drinking tea. And it, it was really kind of fun because every day I learned enough language to say, I don't know anything. I learned enough to say, what is this? I learned enough just to be dangerous. <laughs> I learned enough to learn how to learn. Yeah. And that was the empowering thing to me. I, don't, I no longer needed that tea stall. <laughs> I could give up those particular gurus and go out in the world of gurus and learn from all of them. What is this? Why are you doing it that way? What does it mean? And please explain it to my feeble mind because I just don't have enough vocabulary to understand everything you're saying. Speak slowly. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika, Namaste Shan. Can you explain why the Devi Mandir picked the specific mantras you read tonight at the prayer part as our meal prayer? Do we interpret the meaning in a specific way in relation to our food that, we are, that we're about to bless and eat? Thank you. No, the meal prayer mantras are part of this. Uh, that comes with every offering you make. Ambika, Sham, whenever you make an offering, you want to say, who, hey, who's giving this anyway? Brahma is. What's he giving? Brahma. Who's he giving it to? Brahma. How's he giving it? Brahma. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that just made me a Vedantin. <laughs> it qualified me. Remember, an, an analyst is someone who studies more and more about less and less until he knows everything about nothing. <laughs> And that's what people do. We analyze and analyze and analyze until our subject gets smaller and smaller and smaller and disappears. <laughs> we are offering everything. Who's offering? Brahma. Who's receiving? Brahma. Well, who's the, what is the offering? Brahma. What is the means of offering? Brahma. That goes into every offering, so it's not just for meals, but it sure fits. <laughs> Yes, please. We have a question from Ramya. Hi, Rami, Mommy, Namaste. In chapter 9 on verse 41, Divine Mother says that to attain Parabhakti, we have to become skillful in controlling the senses. What should we do to attain this skill? Thank you. Oh, we have to do sadhana. Rami, every bit of the sadhana that we are doing is designed to help us control the senses. We sit in an asan so we can't go off running after everything we see or think or hear. So there's a knock on the door. I'm sorry, I can't move my knees. Open it yourself. <laughs> there's a ring on the phone. Sorry, I'm stuck. <laughs> I control my body. Now I can control my senses. I'm going inside. I'm going to pay attention to what this mantra is saying. I'm going to listen to it inside. I, I want to in, in, hear it uh, and listen to it and pay attention to it so my senses are automatically controlled. This is the pratyahara. I'm bringing my senses to a state of focus where I can't pay attention to anything else. All I can do is pay attention to you. Yes, please. We have another question from Ambika. Yes, Ambika. We've been talking a lot about many different mantras. What about silence or the practice of mona? How do we include that in our practice? Thank you. <laughs> mona is something that's inside. It's a state, it's not just not talking. I know uh, one sadhu who sat with a slate for the last 30 years and he wrote volumes and volumes and volumes on the slate. Now, he never spoke a word, but he was... Uh, <laughs> he wrote volumes and volumes and now he's got an iPad so it's even easier. <laughs> Moan is a silence inside. Ambika, and we follow the mantra inside until it's mantra yate, we lost our minds. 
and there is no other silence than the silence inside. And it becomes that sat chit ananda. We go from the anamaya coast to the pranamaya coast. And the pranamaya coast to the manamaya coast to the viganamaya coast. And then we go to the anandamaya coast. And there's nothing to talk about. There is no other duality there. there all, everybody became adaitya. We all became immersed in the silence. For the time we get the privilege of staying there. And ultimately, that time has some limit. And we come back from the Anandamaya Kosh to the Viganamaya Kosh, the Viganamaya Kosh to the Manamaya Kosh, and the Manamaya Kosh to the Pranamaya Kosh, and we breathe life into the Anamaya Kosh. And all that we see is the reflection of the light and the bliss and the silence of the Anandamayakosh. We go in and we come out. And that's the moan that we're really talking about. It's not just, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> Even though my mind is racing a thousand miles a minute, I'm not going to speak it. So it, there are many ways to interpret the moan brat. But the real Moni Baba is someone who is silent inside. No action. No action, no thought. Mm -hmm. We have a question from Kyle. Namaste, Kyle. Namaste, Samantha. If we get rid of the ahamkar, is our experience totally non-dual? Are we still able to have a love affair with God? I remember Ramakrishna saying something about how he preferred to stay between the heart and the Agya Chakra. Any words? Yes. <laughs> I'm a man of many words. Sorry. I don't have that mona. <laughs> but the words that I would say is, uh, Ramakrishna was totally correct. He said, I don't want to be sugar. I want to eat the sugar. I don't want to be sweet. I want to enjoy the sweet. So don't take me out of duality. <laughs> Let me be a lover of God. I don't want to merge with God. If you want me to merge, okay, <laughs> take me. <laughs> but until you don't take me, I'm going to sit here and enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy our relationship. I'm going to enjoy being a devotee of the divine. I, I, I'm happy with that. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to take me into Mahanirvikalpa Samadhi, that's your business. That's not my goal. My goal is to be in the love affair. And in order to be in the love affair, I have to be here. I don't want to give up my ego. I want to give up this little tiny ego that's attached to selfishness. I don't want to give up the whole enchilada. Actually, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. So what is the experience like between the heart and Agya Chakra? That's not neti-neti. <laughs> it's not neti-neti. But what have we just been describing? And what have we been describing all through the Devi Gita recitation? We've been describing the privilege to be in the proximity, the sabi, salokya, samipya. I'm in the same loka, the same paradigm of reality. I'm in the same conduct, the same comportment, the same activity. I'm in the same perception. I'm in the same uh, 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 form that is being perceived. Salokya, Samipya, Sardrishti, Sarup. These four exist. In Nirvikalpa Samadhi, it's called Sayuj. There's only one. We all become Adityas. <laughs> and who wants to be an Adityas? <laughs> he doesn't want it. Why would I want it? <laughs> I would love to be a lover of God. That's where it's fun. It's just so much fun to be a lover. It's so much fun to be a devotee. It's so much more simple to be a disciple than it is to be a guru. I mean, all you got to do is show up at mealtime. Guru's got to cook. So take your choice, Kyle. Take your choice, Samantha. Do you want to be God or do you want to be a worshiper of God? Either way, it's cool with me.
Even has a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika! There are many kinds of malas available, made of different types of seeds and beads, including crystal beads. How does this how does this affect the energy of the mala in the practice? How do we determine which type we should use, or does the guru determine? Yeah, this? The mala has different different um, energy, different mala, different energy. Yes. Yes. Yes, every mala has every form of mala, every type of mala has a different energy. And generally speaking, we will gravitate to the worship and the tradition and the practice performed by our guru, who is the example that is taking me closer and closer and closer to this world of non-duality. So if my guru wears a Rudraksha mala, I'll probably end up wearing a Rudraksha mala. And I'd say, Mamale, Mahamale, son of a Shakti Sarupini. I would say in the same way she says, and in the same book she says, this is my mala. Hey, mala of Rudraksha seeds, I hold you in my right hand. Now, if I were Boishnaba, I might look for a, uh, a, a spotik mala, a, 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 a tulsi mala, a, 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 a chandan mala, a tulsi mala. If I were uh, some forms of Ganesh, where's a coral mala? Yes, and then we, every sampradai. Every tribe of sadhus has their own traditions and their own logic for, for observing those traditions and their own explanations about why that logic came into being. And I'll bet you they've got a bunch of stories too. So if you want to be a disciple, follow the tradition of your guru. And if you want to say, gee, you're really fun and you're nice and you're cute and I love to come for dinner, but I'm going to do it my way, so go do it your own way. Find you, find what works for you and feel comfortable with that. Uh, oh, uh, Sri Ma uses Rudraksha and she wears a Rudraksha and she wears a Trishul around her neck. I have to tell you. I have to tell <laughs> everybody because she is Shiva. And being Shiva, she is Shiva. Mm -hmm. And she is Mrs. Shiva too. Mm -hmm. As well as Mr. Shiva, she is Mrs. Shiva. Could I tell how I got to Shiva? You can tell, please. Yeah. Sure. When I was always Samadhi, Mahadev was telling me, I will give to you something. And after Samadhi, I always get up, you know, I ran away to the fields and started to digging, you know, <laughs> dirt. I always thought I would get a, a Shivalingam, a Shivalingam, but I never got. Then after a long time, in new moon day, I was Samadhi, and so automatically one energy took me, you know, behind the temple, and so I went there, behind the temple I went there, I got a faint. When I wake up, on my hand was Tushu. And she still has that trishul uh, hidden inside, deeply. That she will give me. Uh, it's worn over her heart. Nice. Yes, please. So if all the malas have different energies, then is it a whole different energy when we count on our own hand instead of a mala? Yes, it is. It's karmala. It's your hand mala. And it's even more intimate. Yes. It's even more intimate to count on your fingers than it is to hold a foreign object in your hand. So you have a specific intimacy and you do nyasa with your bij mantra of your ishtadevo and you establish it and then you put you start counting Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. You have a totally different relationship with that mala than you have with this mala. In fact, this mala becomes really effective when you're offering ahuti or flowers with your right hand, you can count a whole mala of mantras with your left. And also mononam. And if you get to Mananang, then you count without count. <laughs> you count without count? Why do I have to count how many mantras I'm doing for you? I just keep doing it. 
It's not like I gotta reach a certain number. It's like, what am I here for? Why am I in this body if it's not to, in order to count malas and mantras? And, why do I need to keep count? The number doesn't count. The number doesn't count? Doesn't count me. She can count on me, but I, the number doesn't count on me. It doesn't matter how many we do. We just want to keep doing it. Yes, please. I have a question about love. <clears throat> yes. Uh, in a lot of the scriptures that we talk about, we talk about just loving for the sake of loving. And being in love is, is really the goal, rather than trying to get anything in return or anything like that. And oftentimes people have a relationship where there's an uneven amount of love that seems to be uh, transferred. And I guess I'm wondering, is there such thing as an unhealthy relationship in, in that sense? Or is it just, you just, just keep loving and, and, uh, and that'll, it'll come back to you? Or, or how does that work? If you're a lover, you're not counting what you get back. You're only giving and giving and giving without count. Just like Srima doing job without count. So then what does it make a difference? If anyone receives that kind of love, they will automatically want to reciprocate mutually and reciprocally. They will want to give that. They don't want to endanger that love affair. No one would put such a love affair at risk. If they did, they would have to be idiots. To get that kind of love, to get that kind of acceptance, to get that kind of surrender, that, that bhavana feeling that is incredible to all of imagination, who would put such a bhavana, a relationship, at risk? The mantra in Lolita Trishati says Shiva and Shakti revolve around each other mutually and reciprocally. Who understands this understands what is a chakra, a center of energy. Shanti is not love, should be without selfish. Yes, ma'am, without selfish. That's called love. That's called love. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're seeking. If, I, if you were giving me that kind of unselfish love, what could I not do for you to keep you empowered to keep giving me that kind of unselfish love? Why wouldn't I want to empower you to give me more? What do I have to do? Now that's what the love affair is about. You want to give unselfish love completely and empower me or your beloved to become as, as great as they possibly can become so that they can give you their unselfish love. And both of us are working together to empower each other to give the most. And nobody's keeping it in account. That's a love affair. Mm -hmm. And that's the love we want to have with God. The same way I just want to empower her to take care of her, all her other kids. That's what she wants to do is take care of her kids. Their mothers are mothers because they have kids. Sannyasis are sannyasi because they don't. <laughs> well, we'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> so we want to empower each other, and that's our love affair. And the more I can empower her, the greater she can empower me. That is Lolita. That is Lolita. <laughs> the play. The drum, the dance, <laughs> mutually and reciprocally. And that has to be the, the core, the, the, the structure, the fundamental foundation of our partnership is that we are mutually and reciprocally empowering each other to give the most. And who gets the benefit? Yes, but inherent in that is what if it doesn't feel like it's mutual or it doesn't feel like it's reciprocal? Well, you better <laughs> refine your goals and refine your criteria. What is it that you're searching? How do you want to be empowered? In what way do you want to be empowered? If you got together and you didn't make a goal and you didn't make a plan and you didn't have an understanding and you don't have an agreement, then what is the purpose of our partnership?
How could you empower me if I don't know how I want to be, what I want to accomplish? How could I empower you if you don't know what you want to do with your life? If you're constantly doubting, well, is this the relationship for me or should I be someplace else? Or should I be doing this or should I be studying that or should I go to this guru or should I go to that? Or I'll go to the, to the astrologer and ask him what to do. <laughs> then I would have to say, wait a minute, stop! <laughs> Slow down before you sign on that contract. Slow down before you sign on the dotted line. You better think it through because oh, one day you're going to say, gee, I didn't get what I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted in the first place. You better think about, what do I want to do in this relationship? Is she the partner for me? Am I the partner for her? Can I help her achieve her goal? If she doesn't know what her goal is, you can't help her achieve it, can you? If you don't know where you're trying to go, can she help you get there? He's a real nowhere man living in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. <laughs> Please! <laughs> Take responsibility and make a plan for your lives and make an objective and a goal and figure out you can't have a path without a goal. There is no road without a destination. No green light. <laughs> no green light. So go ahead, you've got the green light. Make a plan for yourselves and then make a plan for your partnership and then make a plan for your community and figure out how do I want to utilize all the talents, energies, resources, all that has been given and entrusted to me. How can I utilize that to make this world a better place because of my being here? I have three debts of karma. I want to make a contribution to the world. I got to make it a better place because I've been here. Mm -hmm. I want to empower my families by respecting the elderly the way I will want to be respected when I'm an old man and that's not too far away. And the way I want the youth to become, the next generation should follow in the way that I didn't go. <laughs> Don't follow my example. Please follow what I say. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to live in accordance with the wisdom of my gurus. Please give me the capacity to be free from debt. And now that's the kind of goal that I have, and this is the plan I have to achieve it, and this is the kind of partner I need in order to empower me and motivate me and inspire me to continue on in perseverance of that objective. So if you don't know where you're going, or why you're going there, or how you propose to get there, I promise you that you're going to be in the same place when I come back and ask you the same question next year. You'll be going nowhere fast. You'll become an analyst. Studying more and more about less and less until you know everything about nothing. Sorry. <laughs> it's not my fault. Not my fault, I'm sorry. I'm off KG. I'm going to get Yes, please. Julia asks, um, I don't recall, have we done the Devi Gita together via the webcam? Yes, we have. And I think there was a, another previous recording on our website somewhere in the archives. And we're in the process right now of just redesigning the website so you can figure out what's the current class and what's the old class and uh, if you're in a class by yourself or whatever. Uh, but uh, we hope to get the new website uh, activated pretty soon so that we'll have a greater understanding of, where, of how much material we've actually recorded. Yes, please. We have a question from Kyle. Namaste, Kyle. How does the type of mala we use affect our job? 
if we want to follow the example of our guru and we've been using a different mala, is it wise to switch? Yeah, you can switch. No problem. No problem at all. When you, if you get a new mala, you could put it in a little bowl on your altar and you can give it a, a bath with a, a, a milk and you could give it a bath with rose water. You could put some perfume on it. You could put a little bit of sandal oil on it and then put the sandal oil on your fingers and pull the mala through your fingers and make japa as you go. And then uh, you can put it on the altar and wrap it around Lord Shiva, or you can put it in the bowl and put it in front of Chandi, and then you could leave it there for the day, and then in the night you could wash it with water and take all the extra oil off, and then you can put it around your neck. Just so that you remember at any convenient moment, you can just take that mala and Remember what it's there for. You have a neck, Kyle, to remember to do job. <laughs> that's why you have that neck, and that's the neck is for the mala, and the mala is for the mantra, and the mantra is for the mind. So if you want to lose your mind, keep your head on. <laughs> we have another question from Ambika. Yes, Ambika. Is there a reason or advantage to counting the number of malas as opposed to accounting the amount of time that passes? Yes, there is. Sometimes I'm in a hurry and I go, Om Namo Shibaya, 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 Om Namo Shibaya. And sometimes I got lots of time. Om Namo Shibaya, Om Namo Shibaya, Om Namo Shibaya. So, Ambika, make yourself one discipline and keep that discipline, whatever it may be, you'll define your minimum puja and your minimum job. And whether you want to define it as a certain period of time, I'm going to sit there looking at the clock, or whether you want to define it as a certain number of times I'm going to move the beads on my mala. And then... You, you'll do your practice in that way. Yes, please. So, would it be equivalent if someone chanted Om Namah Shivaya really slowly and it, I chanted 10 in the time you chanted Amala? Or that wouldn't be the same benefit? Oh, the benefit is that you sat there and tried. The very motivation to do the sadhana, the very inspiration to say, I want to change my life, I want to change my mind, I want to, change, I want to make a change here. I'm not satisfied with the status quo. If you think it's a benefit, you love that benefit. <laughs> That's not fair. The very fact that you thought it was going to be beneficial to you to purify your mind, to enter into Satwagun, that benefit you will get. <laughs> it won't be benefit like uh, I'm going to get a material reward. Uh, Sriman's going to knock on my door with a, a box full of golden coins and, and say, uh, okay, you did some job in my name, so therefore I'm paying you a bribe. I don't think that's the benefit we're talking about, Mom. Just if we have a, a nice thought. Just if we have a little bit of time, we're spending with God, we're spending with the altar, I'm in a conducive environment, I'm doing nice things with nice people in a nice place. That's a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Something from the Devi conversation again. It says the highest meaning of God. Yes. So what is the highest meaning? Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the title, absolutely. Nifty Nifty. <laughs> oh, you keep trying to entrap me in that same argument. It's when we go beyond the mind, you, there's no word, there's no thought, there's no way to express what you're feeling. You cannot tell me, the explain to me, you cannot quantify for me the intensity of the love that you're feeling. You can't tell me about the, who said today the blueberry pie. Go ahead and buy yourself a blueberry pie and eat it. And then you'll be able to tell me what it tastes like. You can't tell me what it tastes like without eating it. You gotta eat it. Right. 
then you can talk about it, around it, over it, under it, about it. You can't tell me what it tastes like. Tastes like blueberry pie. The title says blueberry pie. I would love to be able to say what is nitty nitty. Then what is it explaining if it's not the highest meaning? <laughs> it explains it the inside so many meaning. That is the highest meaning. It <laughs> has go inside. You know, you'll get highest meaning. <laughs> as deeply as you go into deep intuitive consciousness. Shravanam. Here. Monanam contemplate. Nidit Ashanam. Deeply intuit the meaning. You hear about it, you think about it, and then you deeply intuit the meaning. Shravanam, monanam, nidita, asana. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste.